Alright, hello folks, welcome to this edition of the Fuzz Feed. Uh, today I have Brian Price with me who's with the Game Warden Service here in Georgia. Um, Department of Natural Resources, I think DNR officers for being technical about it, right? Yes, but you know, I think I'll get called Game Wardens all the time or whatever. Um, everybody like watches Northwood's Law and stuff and that's, yeah. where they, that's where they get their exposure from, right? TV, it's reality these days. Um, so Brian and I, we've run into each other back when uh, I was still on the road, um, I think, um, searching for some missing hikers. Um, so we've got to work together in the past, um, great people. Um, it's always great. They supplement us, we supplement them. Um, they definitely bring some unique skill sets with them. Uh, that we'll kind of talk about some of that today and their unique knowledge that they bring to us. So, um, so I guess we'll start out. So Brian, how long have you been with DNR? Started on with the DNR. I've been with the state uh, for since 2015, but I started on with DNR in the law enforcement division in 2018. Okay. Uh, started out um, in Sly County, South Georgia, and uh, I was down there for about seven months and then transferred back up here to Dawson and Dawson Forest WMA, um, and I, I've been up here ever since. Yeah, yeah. So, are you originally from North Georgia or South Georgia? Uh, North Georgia. Originally okay. from North Georgia. Okay. So, but when you kind of get on, you go where they send you. Right. So, how was your time in South Georgia? I enjoyed it. Different, yeah. different atmosphere. Um, I went to college down there prior. Okay. Um, you know, somewhat, and uh, so kind of familiar with that okay. area. But uh, somewhat, yeah. you went to college, like attended some classes, didn't others, but maybe... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, went to ABAC. Okay. And uh, Abraham Ball and Agricultural yep. College. Familiar with it. And um, enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, it's a lot slower paced down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a whole lot going on as far as, you know, the hustle and bustle of life. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout but, out to Tipton. Got my last speeding ticket there. <laughs> it happens. It does. Yeah, it happens. It does. It was a long time ago, but yeah. No, um... Well, good stuff. So I'm assuming you went to ABAC. So was your goal always to get um, hired on with DNR, or what was was you just got into law enforcement and decided to take that route after getting into law enforcement? Yeah, so, you know, whenever I graduated high school, mm-hmm. um, you know, I knew I wanted to do something uh, in the outdoors. I wanted to be, you know, hunting, fishing, mm-hmm. something like that. I didn't really have any other plans, and uh, so I wanted to be a game warden. Um, you know, ABAC was a – college at the time and so went down there and intent of, of being a game warden then you get in there and you see um, other opportunities and other avenues while you're down there and so I, I've done uh, aspects of fisheries and, um, okay. and showed interest in that and uh, then I kind of thought about just the game management side of Department of Natural Resources um, they had some hiring freezes uh, mm-hmm. type of within law enforcement Mm -hmm. and so that kind of pushed things out but then they started getting some uh, funding and uh, started hiring some more again and and opening some slots up Um, and so you know I was like you know what I want to you know obviously when you graduate Mm -hmm. it's hard to kind of get on the state so you do your time and you know I did construction after I graduated for a year and so and um, and then eventually got on with the state and uh, transferred over to the LE division okay that's not bad do they still do the 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 um, they had the fisheries for like so you could get your pond stock? Do they still do that? This is the personal question for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it depends on the state. So the mm-hmm. state used to do it. Uh, the state now, perf- more than likely, um, they're just going to stock mm-hmm. your the public streams. Gotcha. You know, the state state waterways. They used to do it where you can buy fish and everything mm-hmm. from. They kind of got away from that. That's okay. more on the private sector now. But you can get private individuals to stock your ponds and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I did do that for uh, a couple couple months. Really? Yeah, travel around that? the southeast, um, managing ponds and stocking them and stuff. So. Did you do that with the state or? Uh, no, that was with, with private sector. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I that. Yeah, the state, they primarily just stock the uh, state waterways now. Roger. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what is the craziest call you've ever worked as a DNR officer? Man, that's hard to... Right. That's hard to right. uh, to answer. <laughs> we get a lot of... Well, I'm sure y'all do too mm-hmm. when you're on the roads. I mean, everybody has crazy calls. It's just time and place 
we're always in the woods and um you know a lot of times people think they can go to the woods and get away and not have to deal with things and then here we pop up and scare scare the crap out of people right um but yeah i don't know it's hard we've, we've had a lot of situations um I don't, I don't know where to begin i have to i have to think on that one okay okay um, well, we can come back to it. i know i know i just like to throw some of these out there sometimes and you know even we uh our chief deputy i had him in here the other day and same thing you, know, you throw this question out there and it's same thing 32 years he's you know he's running through his rolodex of calls yeah. and it's like well, i don't know I mean, you well know. Though, i you know i'll tell you this one thing that pops pops to my mind um the, the first thing that pops to mind as far as like crazy i mean we've had a lot like i said but uh, we were patrolling lake lanier um one evening and we stopped a, a boat uh for violating a wake law and um going more than I'll speed in a mm-hmm. wake zone. After making contact, uh, one, the, the operator of the, the boat, um, it was him and a, uh, I guess his wife, uh, he was boating under influence, so obviously he got arrested. And in our process, typically we have uh, me and another um, game warden on board mm-hmm. with me. Uh, we ended up arresting him, and so she was intoxicated as well, and so she could not drive. So we have the situation of, well, you know, what do we do with the boat? Mm-hmm. You can't just leave it on the water, take them off, and right. you know, leave her stranded there. So we end up taking the vessel. Yes, you, you know, hey, you know, you're good with us driving it to the boat ramp. Uh, you're not able to drive, and he's getting a ride on our boat, you know, mm-hmm. sitting on front, mm-hmm. uh, going to meet the county because the county meets us at the local ramps um, mm-hmm. to, to transport him. As we're headed over there, and it's midnight. I don't know, maybe a little later, uh, pitch black dark. Uh, the woman, like I said, intoxicated, and I'm driving their old old boat, you know, probably like a 1980s, you know, Johnson bag, just, just mm-hmm. loud, and we're driving, and they're behind us. Um, our other game warden's driving our patrol boat with, with him on it, and I'm escorting her and her boat back to the ramp. And as I'm doing that, mm-hmm. uh, she sat there and came out, well, how do I know you're legit? How do I know you're real? And, uh, you know, I want to I wanna sit there and be like, ma'am, I don't just put on these clothes and all this heavy-duty belt and this badge and everything just to come out here and mess with you. Um, and kind of settled her back down, and then she kind of got more irate. And uh, the next thing I know, she says, where you take me? Where's my husband? Where are we going? And I said, ma'am, you see those lights over there, you know, way off in the distance i said let's see them lights that's the ramp i'm taking you to get back to safety put your boat up so it's not floating and uh she said i don't see no light what are you doing with me boosh jumps off the boat just rolls jumps off the boat as we're driving pitch black dark um you know and and at the time i'm like here we go here we go so she she literally just bails off the side of the boat like what the heck just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, stop the boat, get back, yell um, at our, our other officer that we had that was driving the boat and my partner. And I said, "Stop, stop! She's in the water. She's in the water." And um, yeah, so we we ended up. She was swimming to her husband to get in that boat, and he ended up dragging her. So they are both in his boat at that point. Um, but yeah, and then once we got there, we ended up uh, charging her with some stuff. Once we got to the boat mm-hmm. ramp as well, um, so out of the frying pan, and just trying fire. to help somebody, trying to do the right thing, yeah. you know. And uh, and and some people, yeah, you never know what you're going to come across. Every situation, every encounter is different, as you know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's just the the one thing that pops in my head. She just randomly jumped out of the boat one o'clock in the morning, pitch black dark on Lake Lanier, so. Have you ever seen a ghost on Lake Lanier? No, no, no. Too many people to see ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I think they were doing a horror movie about it, supposedly. Whether you know, probably like a B or C film. But whenever we do have a drowning um, of of any magnitude, we put the manpower, time, mm-hmm. and effort um, out there looking for them. Uh, whether it's cold or you know, dreadfully hot. Uh, we put the manpower and, and try to bring 
um, peace to those families mm-hmm. Absolutely. at that point. So we, we make it a mission um, to go and get that stuff squared away and try to bring peace to them. Yeah, I know it's a little bit off topic with all that, but can we talk about some of the difficulties, the challenges that are unique to Lake Lanier? that people aren't familiar with when you talk about looking for lost swimmers, you know, people that um, from boating accidents or whatever uh, that get lost in the waters there, some of the difficulties there, like uh, the all the underground, the all the structure underwater, the old cut trees, things like that, the uh, limited visibility. Yeah, so, you know, as we know, Lake Lanier is a very happening place, mm-hmm. very popular. Mm-hmm. Um in the off season, you know, it's, it's fishermen, and then, you know, the busy season, you got fishermen, but you got people on yachts that you see. If you think of Miami, yep. you know, that's yep. there. And um, you got you got to know the area. And we get a lot of people out of towners that come up, rent boats, do this, and they don't know the area. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know the laws, and all that stuff combination can come out of something bad, you know. You got to have a life jacket on, mm-hmm. you know, for any person, and um, not you have to have it on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you don't know how to swim or you're not a great swimmer, mm-hmm. put a life jacket on. We see a lot. We get a lot of drownings due to not having life jackets on, mm-hmm. and you know, boat wrecks. People that aren't familiar with the depth or something like that, they just go and rent a pontoon and they drive and hit a rocks um, or just inexperience of a boat. Mm-hmm. Period. It all plays a factor into it. Yeah, I know. It's uh, we've previously had a dive team here, and you know, a lot of the guys have talked about the difficulty of finding anything in that water. And I know the the limited visibility in that water is is creates a lot of issues when you're looking for people um, or things in that lake. It, you know, the water clarity depends. You know, on rains, obviously, mm-hmm. all the water rushes down the rivers. It can muddy the water up. It could be crystal clear during summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've had trouble finding people in 40 foot of water. And mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, you know, sometimes that lake's deep. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of sunken trees, or not, you know, I say sunken trees, but mm-hmm. a lot of standing timber yep. within, you know, say like 100 foot or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. Once they, once they go down, uh, the temperature, how cold it is, the water temperature, um, air temperature, all that plays a factor of how long they're going to be down there. Right. Are they, you know, the colder water? Less decomp, less, less gases. Decomp, yeah, less, less gases. So they kind of stay down, uh, mm-hmm. hidden a little bit more, and that may, you know, take a lot more uh, manpower days. Mm-hmm. And um, and we got all our equipment mm-hmm. on, on a boat. We have a sonar boat um, that has all our equipment. Um, we have um, ROVs, which is, you know, remote-operated uh, vessels that we can go down. Um, so we, we have a lot. And, and different tactics to, mm-hmm. to go across that. But, yeah, it just depends the weather, time, and place, and, uh, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, – I don't think it's any – maybe, I don't know. I don't think it's any more dangerous than any other lake. I just think that it is a large, large lake and a lot of activity. Um, just like pro- proximity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very popular lake, um, you know, proximity to Atlanta and uh, – a lot of people get out there and recreate. A lot of boaters. It's a very big body of water, and you got a lot of homes around that area. That mm-hmm. you know, very suburban type area, and so a lot of people flock to that. And it's not just Lanier. I mean, they're mm-hmm. all across the state. We got yeah. you know major reservoirs. Um, you know, Alatoona's one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on the other side in the, the other region there, um, on the west part of the state. But you get people that get out there in summertime and. It just pays to pay attention. Yep. Nope. I, I agree know, with bigger you. Bigger due diligence. If you if you don't op- you hadn't operated a boat much, mm-hmm. don't go out there on a major holiday weekend. Oh, I, man, we have a boat sitting in my shop, and it's been in there. I don't think we've pulled it out in two, three years. Right. Just because now my work schedule now, I'm off on the weekends, and I can't bring myself to go out on that lake uh, on a weekend, regular weekend, let alone a holiday weekend. But yeah. I don't know my son's wanting to go fishing really bad, so I think maybe we'll have to bust it out. So, um, all right, so warm weather is theoretically coming, despite the fact that I looked at the forecast and, like, next weekend it's supposed to be down to, like, 35 at night, and I'm just like, okay. You right. know, the, the past couple of days I was I was, 
I'm telling you, it, we're in Georgia. You yeah. know, uh, you always hear people say, you know, you don't like the weather. Stick around in Georgia for a little bit longer, and you know, it'll change. change. Um, yeah, it's it's coming, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe these 50 degree days will get up on out of here. The wind will stop. I don't know. We'll see. I hope so. I mean, me and you both. I, I, I do. It's it's going to be busy, but at the same time, uh, once deer season ends, I'm kind of ready for <laughs> for the warm weather. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I I get that feeling. I get that feeling. So, um, so talking about with the warm weather coming, things that people can get into. Um, the local put-ins inside here in Dawson County, and by put-ins, I mean the river put-ins. Um, let's discuss some of those. How many do we have here in Dawson? Yeah. So, well, you know, I'm on. I'll just mention this. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, in Dawson County, um, we got a lot of recreation areas, but um, Dawson Forest WMA is, mm-hmm. is a known place. It's proximity to the 400 and stuff, and as a wildlife management area here in Georgia, it has a lot of versatile activities, mm-hmm. um, whether it's hunting or fishing or camping, kayaking, canoeing. Um, it's it's there, mm-hmm. um, but. The WMA is 25,500 acres. So if you think about that, majority of all public recreation in Dawson County mm-hmm. is going to be on Dawson Forest WMA. Um, and so you got Amicola, you got Shoal Creek, you got Etowah uh, that all flow through there. Those are your mm-hmm. three major, you know, river systems that flow through it. And so there's three located on Dawson Forest WMA, the primary spots that people put in. Okay. Um, and and one's Lindsay Ford Campground Canoe Launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's up there off of Amicola Church Road. And then you got Highway 53 Bridge. You got Steel Bridge. Um, and all those are located on the Amicola. And uh, people will put in at the very top up at Lindsay Ford and float all the way past Steel Bridge all the way to Highway 53, and mm-hmm. they might choose to just go to Steel Bridge down, or they might go from Highway 53 all the way down to um, Kelly Bridge. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's not on state property. Okay. Um, it's just a, a public takeout, in a sense, or mm-hmm. private, but they opened it to the public. I didn't realize Kind of like a pay one. thing. Um, a lot of people take out right there, which which flows off the Etowah. Yep. So the Amicola flows into the Etowah, and um, they'll go all the way down. But, yeah, there's several several within our area for people to get out there and tube and kayak and canoe. So we get a lot of the um, um, overdue kayakers, right? So yep. those of you guys watching, when we say overdue kayakers, it means that basically they're, they've gone kayaking, they've notified family members, friends, whoever, um, Hey, this is probably when we should be done. Um, and then those family members, friends fail to check in, fail to come home at the end of the night. So we get the phone call. So these people are missing. Um, in your experience, what's some, probably the main reason for that? So we do get a lot of those. Mm-hmm. A lot of search and rescue is what we, you know, what they come out to be when someone calls mm-hmm. a distress or, um, you know, people say, well, my husband or, you know, kids, they, put in but we hadn't heard from them they're not answering their phone their car you know is here uh so they'll call us and we'll start our search and rescue and a lot of times it's we're all in cooperation with each other as you know Mm -hmm. you know we work hand in hand between us y'all and the fire department um we all kind of get out there but a lot of the issues is because people don't think about all the situation or all the circumstances excuse me as that, that takes part. So mm-hmm. the weather. Mm-hmm. Is the water high? Is it low? Mm-hmm. All right. Have we had rain? If, if it's rain, the water's going to be hot. It's going to be flowing quicker. Mm-hmm. If it hadn't had rain, it's going to be lower. You might have shoals. You have to take more time to get out, drag it over rocks. Um, don't go put in at 5 o'clock in, in the, the evening and mm-hmm. expect that it's an hour float. Do your due diligence. Go on Google Maps. Everybody has a smartphone these days. Mm-hmm. Go to Google Maps. Pull it up. Measure it. If it says four or five miles, odds are it's probably not going to be an hour float. Nope. Um, so do your due diligence, get out there, um, and uh, some things to put on board with you. I notice a lot of search and rescues that we get from these overdue hikers. They they put in, well, it got dark quick and we couldn't see to go down the river. Well, it's because you put in at 5 o'clock. 
Um, we don't we don't need to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we get out and the cavalry comes, and that's man hours. You know, yep. and um, you know, a lot of times we'll get helicopters, aviation, and every certain circumstance is different situation. But take a dry storage box if you're going to take your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Prepare and plan for the worst. You know, so um, those are things that that can help you. Put a whistle in there. You don't have to have it on you. It's just a good idea to have it. Yep. So if you did decide to put it at five o'clock, get lost or something, and we're looking for you, you know, maybe it'd be good to have to blow a whistle. Maybe try to get some help. Yep. Um, That's smart. But the other thing is, know the area. Uh, you know, if you go and you float, you know you're floating to a destination. Well, river runs down. Mm-hmm. You know, simply just walk the river until you come out. <laughs> um. But uh, those are just a couple circumstances. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good call as far as being prepared. And preparedness doesn't cost a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, throw a get yourself a twenty dollar headlamp. Um, you know, whistle is a great idea. Um, kind of old school, a little bit, right? You don't have to. You don't have to have like one of those little GPS hotspot. I'm in trouble. Things, right? Planning ahead, it's great. It doesn't cost anything. No, hundred hundred percent. You know, know where you're going. Um, I think some of the other things we've seen is people go out when the waters. It's been raining a lot. The water's high. The river's moving fast. People go out there in some freaking blow up kayak they bought at Walmart. Um, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. You, you've seen it. I mean, I've it, seen it in the middle of Lake Lanier. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you got you got. Two people that you know, easy way a buck fifty each, and you know dollar store float thing. They're sitting at a boat ramp and they blow it up, and it's the windiest day, and the wind's not blowing towards the bank at all, and they'd be out there in the middle, you know, with boats going by, busy weekends, summertime. I've seen it. How um, far can you swim? Yeah, I can tell you from personal experience. When you look from like one point to like an island, you're like, oh, that's not that far, and you start swimming it. It's pretty, it's pretty far. It's pretty far. It's pretty far. And you're going, am I going to drown? I mean, oh. it's totally, totally possible on the rivers mm-hmm. and stuff. You can you can do that stuff. But like like you said, just mm-hmm. be prepared. Know how long it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, it says it's three miles. Mm-hmm. You know, get started early, even if you're worried about it. Get started early. That way you give yourself plenty of time if you haven't ever made the float before. Right. Get started early. That way you have plenty of time. And this is an off-the-cuff question. Does the state offer any classes as to, like, preparedness for when you're hitting these rivers? And like I mean, I, I know private entities do, like, kayaking classes, things like that. No. Um, no, the state the state doesn't offer anything. I mean, you that that's on you right. to, to do your part. You know, if you haven't ever been out there, talk to somebody mm-hmm. that does or ask questions. I mean— People these days, I feel like they're scared. They, you know, everything's on the internet. Yeah. You know, if, if you true. really don't know something, Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> go to YouTube. But, uh, but yeah, we we don't offer any classes of that nature. Okay. Okay. I just I just thought about that. You know, there's, and for those who think that you can just go put it in the river, certain spots may be calm, but you get a little further down, and it can get really rough really quick. So I think it is important one having a life jacket um, and wearing it. Obviously, um, right. and the other side of it, knowing what to do in the event you do get dumped over, not panicking. There is a certain way to float as you're going down the river through rapids um, that will keep you the safest as you're going through them, and then learning how to swim or over to the sides. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think the biggest thing with put-ins, I guess, is is freaking plan ahead, people. It I is. Mean, I mean, really, just I, do your due diligence at the end of the day. Yep. You know, look at a map, write it down, measure mm-hmm. it out, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of take it from there. Yeah, um, uh, we're discussing a, a friend of mine earlier who has property that backs up to the Etowah River, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's had people multiple times on his back, um, not back porch, but in his backyard, and he can see, and they get out there. And you know, sometimes it's a family of four, hey, you know, we're, you know, they're starting to get kind of hypothermic, right? Because it doesn't have to be 30 degrees to get hypothermic, right? If you're in the water all day long and that water is 80 degrees, you can still get hypothermic in it, right? Yeah. So dealing with that, it, you know, he's giving people rides and stuff. Um, 
And along the lines of preparedness, um, I'm a 100% advocate for people carrying a firearm, things like that, know the laws of where you're carrying them. Um, that being said, if you're going to be prepared and we're talking about carrying a light, make sure the only light you're, not, you're carrying isn't just on your weapon. Um, this gentleman went down and as he's walking up on his own property, these people, he gets a flashlight point in his face and he's like, you know, uh, and he's talking to people. He's like, yeah, well, it's this much further to the, to the takeout. Da, da, da. And they're like, oh, okay, thank you so much. And then it wasn't until the guy was floating away, he realized the flashlight that was pointing at him was on the end of a Glock. Uh, you know, um, and this is a quite accomplished individual who I probably wouldn't want to point a gun out on a good day. So, um, yeah, be, be mindful. Um, that That's a pretty idiotic thing to do. Um, but, yeah, just there, there, he, he has some funny stories, some crazy ones. Um, and to speak on his behalf, know that that river, yeah, it's public access, but the land on either side of it can belong to somebody. Um, so be a good steward. He has no problem helping people out when they come up on his, um, upon his property and, you know, there, there's distress or whatever, but he does have some people that have just mm -hmm. gone to camping and leaving trash behind or, or whatever. So just, I mean, I think it goes across the board for DNR, be good stewards of the land, right? Um, pick up after yourself. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't destroy the resources we have left. That's right. And, and, you know, like I said, you're talking about on that particular part, mm -hmm. um, that's private. You know, mm -hmm. it's not on state property. It's obviously state waterways, but it's not on any type of state property. Um, like I said, you might put in. Um, and once you put in at that bridge, which is a right-of-way, mm -hmm. to float down, all the property is going to be private. You mm -hmm. know? So know whether it's WMA, you know, state property, or, or it's private. Mm -hmm. If it's private... You can't go, like I said, just pitch off and camp on someone else's land. Just because yep. the house is not right there on top of the hill Yep, doesn't mean you can do that, um, which comes again to do your due diligence. You know, <laughs> Don't just think that uh, you know, just because it's wood and you're from the city, this means you can camp wherever you want and do whatever you want just because you think it's public, and a lot of times it's not. So, Yeah, yeah. Um so one of the other interesting um, locations that we have in Dawson County, one of the interesting resources is um, is the, the horse park, Dawson Forest. Um, the horse park, as it's commonly referred to, we take Dawson Forest off 400, go all the way down, and, and it dead ends into Dawson Forest um, area. That as you get into the management area, you go through the gate, and I think it's the first road on the right, and it, it, it's a kind of open area, a bunch mm -hmm. of pa uh, tall pines in there, and that, that is what is referred to as the parking area for the horse park. Um, it's called that, right, because... Yeah, they call it the horse camp because that's yeah. where... So the, the, the backdrop to that, um, that's on Dawson Forest WMA, but it, it's not owned by the state. Mm -hmm. that, that, that portion um, is the lower 10,000-acre portion. Mm -hmm. It's called the City of Atlanta Track. Mm -hmm. The City of Atlanta Hartsville-Jackson Aviation Department owns that portion, right. that 10,000 acres. And through whatever, it, it's still the WMA. So DNR manages it okay. um, on the wildlife aspect. But then it's also part of Georgia Forestry Commission. They, they kind of contract Georgia Forestry Commission and certain personnel to do the land management, timber, and all that stuff on that lower 10,000 hmm. acres. So that portion, you don't have to have, like I said, the license that's required on normally okay. a the state portion. Um, but if you're going to camp there, ride a bike or horseback, you have to pay $7 per person per day okay. uh, to do that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that, that area is called the horse camp um, because, obviously, that's where – the horse trails come out of so they put a lot of horse trails in there and try to get um biking horseback riding and stuff like that on that lower ten thousand acres and there's several different trails that go all around that ten thousand acres and that horse camp is kind of the hub so the people on the horses park and that's where they start their journey out for the day okay well we we can't talk about the atlanta track without talking about the history of it right so i believe it was a lockheed slash U.S. Air Force guarded installation at one point where basically it was always my understanding 
They were testing the effects of nuclear radiation on airplane parts, things like that. They were, it was back during Cold War era, they were trying to develop a aircraft that could stay airborne for months at a time through a nuclear powered um, plane engines, right? So um, there was a lot of underground substructures, some uh, above ground structures still, not, right. not a lot, but a little bit. Um, Let's talk about that because um, I know there was one time I was working patrol and I'm out there and I saw a hole and I kid you not I swear the hole was only about this big around I'm like there's no way anybody but there's there's a backpack right next to the hole I'm like there's no way anybody fit down that you called me about it yep and I yeah. I, I called Price and said hey man there's it's kind of weird the bag is over here it's got like somebody's little personal survival kit in it or something um, so let's go off into that real quick that little story. Yeah, so so just a base. Uh, it, it did used to belong to Lockheed, mm-hmm. and um, and they did all that kind of nuclear um, testing stuff for the airplane. Mm-hmm. You know, after that kind of kind of went away, yeah. you know, unsuccessful. They started doing a little minor stuff on you know for whatever reason, um, and then the city of Atlanta bought it. I believe in the seventies. Okay, um, I think is is when they they took over and. Um, that that point there's really from from what I understand the stuff and that they used back then depreciated mm-hmm. in value for you know the, the radioactive mm-hmm. stuff you know that stuff depreciated in value so much per year mm-hmm. that it's almost not non-existent it's, it's non-existent and you get stories oh it's area 51 there's two-headed deer there's you know trees that you know glow at night and um, there's a, there's a lot of running jokes or you know mystery behind mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not like that, but nope. there are remaining structures on that property um, from back then, and some are gated mm-hmm. around, and, uh, and and some are not. And there's like pads, like in the horse mm-hmm. camp, there's pads, parking area that just used to be a building, yep. uh, you know, office building, and and so underneath it, you know, still has some levels mm-hmm. that go down, but some people try to try to the little daredevilish try to go down and dig and get in these little rabbit holes and fit their bodies in rabbit holes and stuff and that was that situation called me mm-hmm. above that backpack um show up that day and sure enough there was a hole the size of a basketball probably and uh and there was a backpack sitting right beside it and you could see where someone had been digging in it trying to go down into one of those those structures that's underground and for whatever reason and uh got there i hollered in the hole you know what else you mm-hmm. gonna do i hollered in the hole whistled nothing there was no car there and uh it was kind of like and, and which is not uncommon people mm-hmm. get dropped off people walk from all over but uh end up going to the pack and find id and end up after all said and done it called the individual and i said you know hey you good <laughs> and uh he's like man i forgot i left my pack there um, anyways, you, you can't be digging. And so we, we, he came and met and I gave mm-hmm. him the stuff, but we also had a little talk about him digging. And, um, like I said, that's damaging apartment property at that point. Once you're excavating mm-hmm. and tearing stuff up, um, that's damaged apartment property. So if there's a fence and there's a sign on it that says no trespassing, it's not because there's a Jeep in there or some <laughs> three headed alien. It, 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 that stuff's nonsense um it's simply because the city of Atlanta owns it mm-hmm. and liability these days mm-hmm. uh, someone gets in there and say for whatever reason that structure collapses or this or that um you know, that's that's liability so that's why it's there but you know and most of the substructure is flooded still currently right I mean it is it so. is and so you're talking about bacteria and just all kinds of people Man, I've seen YouTube videos of people mm-hmm. going down there and taking floats and stuff. And yep. it's just, it's unreal. But the individuals that work with Georgia Forest Commission that manage that part mm-hmm. for the city of Atlanta, um, they try their best to fill these areas up. And so no one has to worry about stepping in or going in. But you got people that always at the time try to tear things up over there. I mean, that's just kind of the There may be the cameras beast. watching you. There may not be. Hey, listen. You won't know it until you get a phone call from one of these guys. Yeah, that or show up at your house. <laughs> so 
just because we're not there all the time doesn't mean that uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna see us before it's all said and done. Yeah, but public service announcement: if you get a call from somebody saying we have a warrant for your arrest, you're involved in drug trafficking, it's a scam. We're not gonna call you and say, hey, you have a warrant. <laughs> right. Just a side note: it, you know, yeah. that, that always comes up. Anyways, they well, they call me too. Yep, yep, yep. Every time I try and like play into it, like like act like panic, like what, what do you mean? And, and then I I guess I overact it, and they just click hang click, up, hang up. Because then you get some people like, oh, I was on the phone with them for forty five minutes. I'm like, I try, and they don't they don't stand the line. <laughs> it blows my mind. It blows my mind how someone can on a daily basis do that. Yeah, I I'm sorry, I just ain't got enough time in the day to. It must yeah. be it must be profitable though. I mean, they they gotta be making some money to do that because that's one boring job. Yeah. Um, all right, so Horse Park, cool place. Um, it's kind of neat for hi- uh, historical value to me. Um, so, yeah, go out there, but don't go digging. Don't go cutting fences, anything like that. Um, let's see what else we got. So we talked about the overdue kayakers. Um, so the hiking on the trail, so we, we've hit the, we've hit the, um, the river put-ins. We've talked about that a lot. Um, we touched on Lake Lanier. So... The AT, right? Mm-hmm. We got the start of the Appalachian Trail here in Dawson County. So let's talk about some of those calls. Yeah, uh, we've had a lot, and you know, in the past years. And, you know, March, the Appalachian Trail obviously starts in, in Dawson County at Amicola Falls State Park is the beginning of it. That's where the approach trail rolls through to the AT. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of people come down here, start in Georgia, and end up, uh, you know, in Maine. Um, weather they, they kind of do that route because mm-hmm. of weather and so we get a lot of people that think they're fully committed to, to walking from here to Maine on a trail and, and within six seven months and they're, they're not prepared whatsoever and that's another thing you know we all talk about preparedness we did earlier <clears throat> we we deal with search and rescues and a lot of time they are rescues and you know a lot of times they're recoveries Mm-hmm. Um, we've had them both both ways. It's just the nature of the beast. You get out there. Don't just think because you walked around the dog park or you know around your neighborhood a couple miles that you're you're ready for it. I mean, I do a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of walking. Um, a lot of hill climbing. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I'd be even capable of doing it um, mm-hmm. within that time frame uh, you have the right equipment know your limitations you know know if you are ready to do it and a lot of people go through and they'll start it and about you know say nine out of ten people that do it end up bailing out because they just don't make it they're, they're not in shape long. they're not in shape it is a long way you know it they, they try to say they do it in six months as far mm-hmm. as the weather mm-hmm. so that, that averages almost 15 miles a day all right for 16 months 15 miles a day for six months that's you drop that's that's getting it yeah yeah you know? um and there's people that have done it faster um but i've known people that have hiked it and you know it's it's not a cakewalk Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to do a little day hike, there's plenty of areas around where you can do a nice little day hike. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do get some some that end up just not making it through. Yep. Um, I think it was after um, – uh, I think we had one individual who – went and started the trail and then he ended up um passing away out there hmm. and the recovery we were both out on that one i spent four days and mm-hmm. that and it rained i think all four days um but yeah so it started out just just us um and then we got the call and uh, ended up finding a backpack and uh, not far past the the park on the the approach trails what they do so you have the approach trail that goes to the hiking which Mm -hmm. feeds into the at Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't far and 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 the strange thing it was only 100 yards Mm -hmm. off of the trail but it was it was off up to on a knoll that was just surrounded by like a little privet thicket yep and um his backpack was there but it it wasn't like a bear got in it and tore everything apart Mm -hmm. but everything was everywhere there were shoes 
Uh, sleeping bag is over here. There's food. I mean, you're talking camping equipment that costs money and is just left there. Yep. Um, and and we had that was a big operation. I mean, we we had a command post, command system, and everything there, and uh, we had people from, I mean, all the way from Gwinnett PD, you know, uh, to y'all and all kinds of people out there. We had aviation. We had several uh, helicopters flying the area, and and at the end result of it, uh, we ended up finding a, a shoe, you know, like 300 yards over there. Mm-hmm. And and normally in search and, you know, rescue, search and rescue type stuff for missing persons, you typically find like a path, mm-hmm. you know, if when it starts getting that hypothermia type deal. So the thing with hypothermia, a lot of people, yeah, it's hypothermia, they're cold, um, but it messes with the brain and people start taking clothes off. Yep. And it's kind of, you know, contradicting on itself but they take their clothes off and so you find like shoes and you may find like socks or you know a shirt jacket um but this one was scattered mm-hmm. we had shoes over there we had a cell phone over here pack was over there we found a hat and um and then we found some other uh items um next to a creek and it was just all scattered mm-hmm. it wasn't a primary place but we didn't find him uh pitched down we did grid searches uh, large grid searches and um, end up finding them in, in a remote drainage ravine that feeds off into the the Calkin Creek area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a that was a, a real big one. Had a lot of manpower, a lot of hours. Yep. You know, dogs. Y'all had. I mean, we had everything out there. Yep. Um, but it was good to bring peace, like I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Uh, I was, was glad they were able to at least recover the body you know um because it does give that closure it took um, 30 of us to pull it out of its location so that day i got told just stay at the office because we didn't you know obviously don't know hey the recovery's going to happen today we didn't know that they were going to find them so that last day i missed that portion of it so you know I we was, had 30 30 men and women that that we had all one long rope yep and uh each person was on one side, one on the left, mm-hmm. one on the right, staggered, 30 of us, all pulling the rope. That's how steep of terrain it was. Um, and, and by the time we got to the top, to where it plateaued to the trail, um, mm-hmm. we were we were pretty whooped at yep. that point. But well, And I think based off that incident, there were some new systems put in place, too, that have aided in search and rescue. It's something I'm, I'm not 100% knowledgeable on but it basically it, it there is a name uh like an emergency location system that i think works off the dispatch and the cell phone services here now that ju- that has reduced some of the uh i want to say this um it's aided in locating people that's right that's right yeah there there's so there's always technology coming out and um and those kind of things help us mm-hmm. you know uh locate them and um you know, things happen. Things happen. Mm-hmm. But just be prepared. You know, hundred percent. Um, Let people know. Yeah. If you're gonna go out there, keep a piece of paper with names of people that would contact information or something. Um, let people know where you're gonna go. Like, be prepared and plan enough to like have dates of target dates you're going to arrive somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if you don't arrive close to them dates within a proximity, be like, okay, call somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, go as far as that. I mean. Yeah, it's the nature, the natural resource we have around here, they're, they're beautiful. But, man, they, they can get so dangerous in a heartbeat. Um, we see it a lot. You know, we see it a lot. So I think right now uh, – uh, if any of you folks watching this, um, the GBI's put out, there was a um, body discovered on a trail over That's somewhere correct. west of us, right? That's uh, correct. Um, not inside Dawson County, but they have a, a drawing put up of this individual in some articles of clothing. Um, please go there and look, and you know, never know. It may, the person may be familiar to you. If you know, call the GBI. I don't think as of this this time he's been identified yet. No, not that I've heard. Um, we got the same stuff. Uh, it's crazy how it all came about, but a, a hiker that got lost, mm-hmm. and we're talking off the AT for service. You know, there's nothing around. You know, mm-hmm. it's off the trail and got lost. Took a side trail and got lost, and ended up stumbling upon mm-hmm. uh, the remains of this individual. And 
anyways, we ended up finding him, and then, you know, he, he told us about that and um, called it in at least and got out there. And, yeah, uh, still undetermined at this time. Um, who it is, but like I said, they they did draw. GBI did release a uh, a sketch. Yep. Um, you know uh, how they got that? I, I'm not sure, but they did have pictures of the clothing mm-hmm. that was located, uh, shoes and, and clothing stuff. But yeah, you never know. Okay. Uh, let's see what are some of those things we want to cover here. I, I am going to scatter a little bit, and, and and just let me know if this is a topic that you're not overly familiar with. So one of the things that's become pretty big here over the last couple of years is people overlanding, right? People getting in, they have four-wheel drive vehicles set up for going out, off-roading, camping. Um, have you had much experience with that, good, bad, and different? Um, again, I don't know that it's... We encourage people to come out on the property and camp, mm-hmm. recreate, mm-hmm. hunt, fish, uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm speaking, you know, on state property. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we encourage people to come out and enjoy uh, the resources um, mm-hmm. that the state of Georgia has. And but with that, mm-hmm. you know, we have certain laws and regulations on those management areas and uh, those state lands that, you know, necessarily prohibit you from doing certain things. You know, like people will go out there and they want to target practice. Okay, you know, shoot guns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You, you can't target practice on Dawson Forest, or, and we're just talking locally, mm-hmm. uh, on Dawson Forest, WMA, um, whatsoever. Okay. You know, uh, only hunting. You can't just sit there at a campsite and just sit there and pop rounds into an oak tree or something like that. Or, you know, and then people leave trash. When they go camping, they leave mm-hmm. trash. You know, we, we see that a lot. And I'm a big stickler for, for that kind of stuff. I don't I don't like it. You You, you camp there pick it up and take it back with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's nothing to take a little grocery sack and yep. throw it in there, not leave it all piled up in the fire pit. But for the most part, uh, people do good, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that go out there and trash trash the, the place. And I tell people every time, like, listen, you are paying, like, you are paying for this place. Yep. You know, uh, keep it clean. Yep. Yep. Treat it as it's your own house. Um, as far as the vehicles operating, like, you know, four-wheel drive vehicles going out there, what's the – if we're talking about Dawson Force specifically, I mean, is there – if a gate's open, are they clear to drive through it? Or? Yeah, so so uh, we have specific hunt dates on the mm-hmm. WMA, but you can – sometimes there's gates open, and a lot of people mm-hmm. like to ride because it's gravel, mm-hmm. dirt road. Um, yep. You can – anywhere the road's open and mm-hmm. the gate's open, you can drive – your vehicle down okay um we have several that go across fords you know in the creeks mm-hmm. and stuff like that that is okay if the gates open uh, no driving around gates no going over berms if it if it doesn't it's not a man-made mm-hmm. maintained road then you you don't need to be driving down it um we get a lot of people that try to drive around gates yep. go and spin up the food plots there's a lot of man hours money put into that um the game management personnel you know put time in and uh, people go in there and jeeps and spin them up, and you might have eight people go in there and do the right thing, follow the rules, and then you have two in there that just goes and tears things up, and then you know left with no choice but to shut the gates down for a little yep. bit, and then people complain about the gates being shut, you know. And um, but it does happen. No going and spinning. We'll, we'll we ride it all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you think you have a. a enduro bike or motorcycle mm-hmm. or something like that don't be driving on the horse trails just because yep. your butt can fit down them that those are for the horse trails and we yep. we get them i got two the other day they all on the power line not our maintained road they're just driving up power line um you know we get it all don't don't go spinning don't block a gate don't drive around a gate mm-hmm. and uh you know if it's wet and muddy don't just think it's a playground and go in a campsite and just do donuts because you think it's fun because you may create a little rut or you went through, but it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and yep. bigger. So. Yep. No, 100% agree. So for all of you out there who are interested in in the overlanding thing, um, you know, I, I currently have a Toyota Land Cruiser. It's fun to get out there and go out there and enjoy the trails, but, um, 
you know let's don't tear the place up yeah take care of it because when you do that it definitely it, it causes metaphorically and literally you know doors to be closed or gates to be That's closed right. right and there's you know citations do follow that kind of stuff yeah. so yeah um and if if it's even bad you know you'll you'll go and take a ride um yep yep and they they do have again maybe there's a camera out watching maybe there's not um but know, hey, let's all let's all be honest technology is a great thing these days yeah. so um you know we would try to do our best to catch every violation there is just as y'all i mean y'all okay. road. i mean i want the place where people can bring their families their kids and uh and have a good day and enjoy their time there and and not uh, have to deal with any negative activity yep um Speaking of negative activity, uh, going to because I know seeing a lot. You know, if what if I go to a, out there at a campsite and there's somebody, whether it's uh, six mile put in or uh, the horse park or whatever, I want to go there and camp. And then I look over and I see somebody who's been there for like a week plus. Is that okay? Yeah. So a week, a week, mm-hmm. week plus. Yeah. So we have specific regulations, and, and Forest Service did the same thing, um, but. You're allowed to stay 14 days. You cannot exceed 14 days on the WMA. If you do, you have to be gone a consecutive of seven days off the WMA or within a mile of you know another WMA. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, you can camp there 14 days. Day 15, gotta go. Yeah, you, you gotta go. And and let's be honest, the hunters and the fishermen and all that kind of people or people passing through. They're not staying two weeks. Yeah. Um, that's a very gracious period. It is. Um, but once you're talking about once someone stays there for two weeks, mm-hmm. that site gets very damaged. That soil becomes almost bare, no grass, and it just becomes a sand dirt spot. Until it rains and it becomes a mud Until hole. Until it rains and it becomes a mud hole. And then people come and spin it up. Yep. You know, but um <laughs> It's a vicious cycle. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle, man. But um yeah, 14 days, and you have to be gone a consecutive seven. And we're tight with that. Like, we, we really focus on that. We keep track of them and um, try to do our best because, obviously, a lot of people who do that um, try to live off the WMA. And, um, like I said, laws are in accordance with the laws, and they have the necessary uh, licenses, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to have uh, either a hunting license, fishing license, or a Georgia Lands Pass to be on the WMA. Right. One of the three any person 16 years and older and so they still have to have one of the three to be there so as long as they stay with their 14 days they're not trashing the place up their dogs stay on leashes um they're good well um trying to think of anything else we need to cover um i think we've we, we've hit a lot of things we got to get to chat and then we extend this thing out yeah. i know you folks don't like them to be too long um so kind of i think we pretty well, much this is my first podcast so is it yeah yeah it's, yeah i mean i've done i've done other ones but this is my first podcast it's i mean it's kind of fun when we get here and we start chit-chatting about things and and funny stories do tend to come up sometimes or or interesting ones right yeah um so i think the biggest takeaway from today is probably one know the rules of the of the management area lake you know whatever know the rules of those places um and and respect them i think the other big takeaway is is preparedness like be prepared know what you're going to do and know how long you're going to be out there um things can change in a hurry have a plan have a just take a few steps to be prepared so you don't end up in a situation because it it happens quickly that everything goes from okay to not that's right um, and then, and then we get called out, and on a good day, we, we find you and we're able to, you know, get you out. Well, we're gonna try our best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, hundred percent. We, uh, I mean, the, the resources that have gotten dedicated to uh, lost, missing hikers, overdue kayakers in the past, it's pretty extensive. Um, uh, just really, really, really plan ahead. Know, um, know your abilities. Um, I think that's super important. Um, and know what the conditions are. Again, right. a lot of rain, these rivers get rolling pretty fast. And to think I'm going to go for a dip right here, you're going to end up two miles down, and then you're going to be late, and then we're going to get called out to come, you know, search for you and get helicopters in the air and all that stuff. 
Um, be responsible. That yeah. I mean, it, it, whether it's hunting, fishing, anything outdoors related in the state of Georgia, um, you know, we encourage people to get out there and their mm-hmm. part. And I mean, they got us. You know, we are now we're all over. We're, mm-hmm. You know, we're you know a multi-functional agency. And, you know, we assist y'all with search warrants, and uh, we're in Atlanta handling riots. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, hurricane details, natural disasters, we're going out there for those kind of things because we got the boats and the ATVs, and uh, we're kind of doing it all, you know, drownings. Um, So we have a lot of, I guess, say, hats Mm -hmm. um, to perform, and, and we got a lot of area. Um, and, and we're getting better and we are, you know, like I said, hiring, um, you know, pretty much one class every year. So now do y'all still, is it still a requirement to have an associate's degree to, to be able to work for y'all or did they? So it's still, it's still associate's degree. Um, but now they added, uh, that you can have four years of military, um, active duty military experience. Okay. Um, that, that will qualify you as well. The same as, as a two year. Okay. And then what about the, uh, Trying to think the uh, limiting factors that used to apply to the troopers, like tattoos. Yeah, so so um, they got uh, the tattoo policy now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they extended that. Yeah, you just might have to wear a different shirt, um, but long sleeve. It's not going to kick you out just because you got a tattoo that goes um, past your sleeve here. Okay. Um, you know they they offered up same as GSP. Okay. Um, other ways to. Okay. Bring people in. I, uh, yeah, because I remember I, I looked at the at DNR at one point in time, right? And I, you know, when I talked to one of the guys, I'm like, yeah, you know, prior law enforcement, da 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 da. And he said, do you have a social security? I said, no, I, I don't. Yeah. And he's like, ah, you know, but, you know, multiple years in law enforcement, you know, military, you know, I think at the time I was probably about sitting around like seven years or so of active duty and, He's like, man, I'd love to hire you, but yeah, and like, yeah. but it's okay because I I like to spend you know deer season in the woods hunting. Right. Well, you <laughs> know, and, and you you still we still get out there. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm an avid hunter, avid mm-hmm. fisherman. I love it. I got a passion for it. Um, you know, and, and when I go to work, I put a uniform on and I get out there, and you know, it, every day is something different. Yep. You know, I may I tell people, you know, I may be doing this right now, and then I get a phone call that requires me to go up in the helicopter. You know, within the next 30 minutes for whatever reason, whether it's a search and rescue or um, you name it. But it's always something different, mm-hmm. and um, and I enjoy it. Um, and, you know, you like the outdoors. Like I said, I still yeah. go hunting and fishing. Oh, that's so, yeah. so that, that's, the, that's the myth yeah. know, that people, you just got to manage your time right. And, okay. um, and obviously, you know, when family and kids get involved, you know, that can uh, take up some things. But, um yeah, you still go hunt fishing, man. Yeah, okay. So people, people who tell you that, they just they don't. They're just being lazy. They, yeah. they just don't take time. <laughs> they just don't take time. You just got to manage your time. Well, I mean, we we appreciate y'all. You know, we always banter back and forth a little bit. You know, we, we have affectionate names for DNR guys sometimes, you know, yeah. possum police or whatever. Yeah, man, we hear it all. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but we truly appreciate the all the skill sets that y'all bring. Anytime we have missing people, you know, we rely on these guys because they know they know the rivers better than most of our people. We have a couple that are pretty pretty spun up on it, but knowing the land, knowing all the access points, having the keys to get us through those access points, and then again, uh, you know, manpower. We go back and forth a lot as far as we supplement them, they supplement us. We're here to have everybody's back. I mean, you know, yeah. it don't matter if you're a PD to a county to state or different agency or division within the state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. We all look after one another and, you know, we got a good working relationship and, um, you know, like I said, sit there and, and call you anytime. Yep. You do this vice versa, same to me. We're here to help each other out and, you know, this day and age, you know, you need that. Yep. And, um, like I said, we, GSP, they don't, we all pick the phone up and we all have a good, good working relationship and, yep. and uh, you know, I appreciate that on, on y'all's end as well, so. Well, Brian, I do appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's always a pleasure, man. Yes, sir. All right, folks, thank you for watching this episode of the Fuzz Feed. Again, if you have any other questions or some topics that we didn't cover today, especially anything uh, that our subject matter expert here can answer up on, um, please put uh, questions in the comment section. 
uh, we're going to try and get them all answered here eventually. So uh, tune in for the next one. Look forward to seeing y'all.